Hello and welcome to Into Your Life podcast. I'm Lenka and I'm joined here by my wonderful co-host Natalie. Hi, we invite you to join our weekly conversations about finding more life in one's life. Well, what does it actually mean? We have discussions with guests about ways to live happier, healthier and more fulfilling lives, both personally and professionally. That sounds great. Let's go. Welcome. Today we have an interesting guest with a topic that I don't think it's talked about enough. And it might be an uncomfortable topic for some. And I think that's part of the reason for a really, really long time. It's been taboo to talk about these things. But I think we live in a time and age where we need to talk about these things. It's part of our health. It's part of our evolution. It's part of who we are. And today we're going to break through and we're going to talk with Samantha Garstin, the menstrual wellness educator. So hi, Sam. Thank you for being here. Hi. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. And please introduce yourself a bit more to our listeners and viewers. Tell them what do you do and maybe a little bit about how did you became to be the menstrual expert? you are okay i will try and do the nutshell version i do love to talk (laughs) so just give me a hand signal if i need to break for air (laughs) um so i'm samantha garston i am a menstrual wellness educator it's a very niche niche i realize that um and in some some ways i think that's a good thing um because it gets more eyes um on important topics like you say um things that are shrouded in taboo and mystery and shame so i have uh, two aspects to what i do and i'll start at the beginning with how i got there so um after working in a corporate role that uh, in nine to five i was doing marketing and sales i decided that enough was enough and i skipped off to do my yoga teacher training uh, in Portugal just as the pandemic hit might I add Um, and I had great visions of being a yoga teacher which I am but that wasn't it Um, no coincidence at the time when I took my yoga teacher training so I was about 38 um, I had just finished three rounds of uh, the Myrena coil. Um, so you have them in for sort of five years at a time. So 15 years without natural cycles. And just as I took my yoga teacher training that um, I knew I, long story, but I knew I had to have it replaced and I didn't want to do that in Portugal. So I had it out before. I was just starting to get my natural cycles back. And while I was on my yoga teacher training, a couple of the modules we looked at was um Ayurveda um, which is the sister science to yoga and um, specifically Ayurvedic cycles and one of them was the menstrual cycle and I was like what why have I never heard this information before this is brand new everyone was sleepily taking notes and I was like you know think felt like I'd been hit by a lightning bolt I didn't I had no idea I felt a little bit embarrassed about the fact that I had not understood any more than the fact that I had a period and that was it. Um, I felt a little bit ashamed that that knowledge had sort of passed me by um, or or that I never paid attention to it or that, I don't know, maybe I I never had it. 
and come to think of it you know or many years now thinking about what I did actually learn I don't think I learned anything to do with the menstrual cycle other than you know we have babies and periods the end um and so whilst I was regaining my own natural cycle this really resonated because I had a this I guess you can use the word awakening kind of an inner awakening I had this very familiar um feelings sensations come back but at the same time it was really new and unnerving and I didn't really understand it I felt that my feelings and emotions blindsided me all the time um I spent a lot of time asking what's wrong with me um and then yeah and then I'd, I'd find out about this cycle the Ayurvedic cycle and so I came back from my yoga teacher training obsessed and I scoured the planet and found a, a facilitator training um for Uh, cycle coach training and my world just changed I did actually become a yoga teacher but a cyclical yoga teacher with my newfound knowledge and that is something that exists to this present day so um yeah I run a cyclical yoga membership which um is designed to give practices in in tangent with each cycle phase of which there are four um so that is one part of my business and then the other part has been a little bit of a progression so naturally through business evolution we get curious about different things and at some point I put together two parts of my my um previous life working in sales and marketing and my cyclical understanding and I worked with um uh, solopreneurs small business owners to navigate the world of business without burning out to um, work more in flow with their natural cycles of energy but for me I wanted a larger scale impact and very excitingly this year um, the BSI the British Standards Institute have released new standards about um, menstruation in the workplace and have incorporated menstruation into the menopause policy so for me I've always had a much a bigger drive to have a bigger impact and I really believe that women and people with periods should have access to this information for free and by tackling employers and doing a top-down approach they do Um, and I think it's a right we have a right to this knowledge and information and you know the questions that we always you know are left with like what's wrong with me you know last week I was fine and this week I'm a human puddle all of that all of those things about our cyclical um, nature mostly elude us and so yeah I really wanted women to have access to this information for free so now I work with corporates um, to um, offer menstrual wellness workshops uh, leadership training and development so that was the short version. <laughs> and it's fascinating how life really has a way of just pushing us and pulling us and stirring us and bringing things into our field when, I don't know, the time is right, when we're ready for it, when the world is ready for it, when we're receptive. So And this is something that really resonated with me as we've connected on LinkedIn. It's really you bringing this knowledge to the business owners and really helping us understand that, you know, 
you can design business your way. You don't have to run a business nine to five the same way as you've been doing it in corporate world. You can, you know, think more about yourself, your needs, be more in tune with your body, which is pretty much all we're trying to do here in this podcast. So on the topic of periods or menstruation, can you simply explain to to us and our listeners who might be at the same position like you, who I have been on the pill since I was 17 and only recently I was like, what other non-hormonal alternatives are there and how does my body actually feel and exist without artificial hormones in my system? So could you explain? Because obviously even when you're on hormones where you have any kind of a support with your period, you still get the bleed, but that's not the same as normal periods. So could you explain a little bit about all of this messiness? Hormonal birth control has its place in the world. There's definitely no shade on anyone that chooses that route. Um, it's very effective. It works very well. Um, and for some people, it is the right solution. Um, I... I came off the well I started the pill when I was about 14 because I had bad skin so of course the solution was to put me on the pill <laughs> um, and there on I stayed until my sort of mid-20s I had a little bit of a break um, and then I had a coil um, and so it was really a long time and on the coil you have no period at all commonly with the with the Mirena coil the copper coil doesn't have any um, hormones. It's just a barrier um, and you do still get periods with that and quite heavy periods. But yeah, with the, the Myrena, I didn't have a period. Um, most, uh, so variations of the pill, you do experience a bleed, but it is purely synthetic. And actually it's when... Uh, the pill first came out the that bleed time was really put into the process to make it more appealing to women to so it was not so unnatural but there's no medical reason why you need to take that week uh, if you continuously ran pill packets together forever um you would experience breakthrough bleeding um, but technically you could. Um, a lot of people like to have the experience of having a period every now and then so that they do. But it is purely synthetic and it is, um, you know, propelled by synthetic hormones that um, are akin to our natural hormones. Our natural hormones, I call it the monthly dance of our hormones. And um, for anyone listening, you won't get the benefit of my hand gestures, but... <laughs> But um, the estrogen rises up to a peak in the first half of the cycle and then drops off. And then progesterone um, rises to a peak in the second half and then drops off. So you get this, this, these waves of hormones. And the pill, they just flatline. There's no, um, they don't take the same kind of um, form as our natural hormones so it's not to say that someone who's on the pill won't experience cyclical mood it would just be uh perhaps might be more subtle um the pill can affect lots of things it, it affects chemicals in the brain if anyone wondering about the pill i would definitely read a book called your brain on birth control um i'm a big advocate for informed consent like i said hormone or birth control has a place in this world and some people find it useful but what I don't agree with is 
not being informed about the things that we are putting in our bodies, having put in our bodies. And so I would encourage anyone who is on birth control to to research it, to to know what it really is. So, yeah, your brain on birth control. I think there's a few other ones. I think it's Sarah E. Hill. I think there's there's a couple of others now. And that's very informative. Um, And so, yeah. I didn't have a, a, um, a periods at all. So that was just a complete mystery to me. Now, with a natural cycle, as I said, you get these um, fluctuations of hormones. Through a process of um, charting and understanding your cycle and by mapping out uh, biomarkers, you can predict very accurately what your cycle is doing and when to the point where you can then anticipate your period, not just that, but anticipate the energy shifts, mood shifts, motivation shifts that you experience month to month, which is you know particularly important as a business owner to know like when are our best times for productivity. And also, um, I would say, going slightly on a tangent that <laughs> that being able to map these different cycle phases out and then work in in tangent with them it is great but the self-care that you put in and learning how to balance your hormones is where it's really at and where why the charting really serves a purpose because then we increase those times of productivity and um reduce the times that we we feel awful or at least bring more sense and understanding to them and so there are natural methods to um birth control it's called uh the fertility awareness method or fam um i am not yet a qualified fam (laughs) um Uh, facilitator I would say that if anyone wanted to try a natural which is basically just recording your cycle and and tracking different biomarkers it's a very specific um, set of uh, processes I would say very importantly this is not the same as just plotting it into an app please no one ever rely on apps alone to predict um, your fertile windows to avoid pregnancy um because it is just an algorithm, you need to plot a, a lot more information and there's nothing better than a, a than an actual physical charting practice. Not to mention, and again, apps have their place in the world that we're in, they're very convenient. And I would say and the, the cycle charting that you stick to is the best one for you. However, I'll be using these apps, we're giving away our own agency because we're relying on yet another external source to tell us what we're feeling and when, rather than learning to understand our own fluctuations, our own instincts, our own body literacy, so that we know without checking in on on an app or whatever it is to tell us like how we're going to feel for the day. So I digress, coming back to FAM. So yes, FAM maps and charts your cycle with biomarkers. And this is a very reliable way of avoiding pregnancy as well as um you know uh becoming pregnant um and and that's a very specific process and I would say um if you wanted to do that to work with a facilitator of which I have resources for if anyone needs it um yes 
Okay, I'm going to pause that because because I could feel myself going on a tangent. I hope that's answered your question. It wasn't a straightforward one. <laughs> this is not a straightforward topic. We know that we're not going to get a very clear A, B, C answer and that's it. It is a conversation about discovery and learning some of the basics and learning things to pay attention to and to understand and to resource and to listen to. And you kind of touched on it that, you know, period in general has certain phases and as we chart and get to know each other ourselves better then we can figure out more about our energy and everything but could you maybe summarize a bit what are those phases you know we know that you know uh, our menstrual cycle has four weeks roughly then those weeks probably kind of differ week from week so what is it that we can learn from charting about ourselves, what we can expect, what is on average? Obviously, we know that there will be individual differences, but what are those weeks? Because you will see lots of you know TikTokers and experts telling you that in this week you should exercise like this, and in this week you should eat like this, and in this week you should be doing this, which... It's nice that we're talking more about it, I guess, but I still presume that it's very generic advice. Mm -hmm. I agree. And on one side, yes, I am pleased that there are more conversations being had around this subject. On the other hand, um, and like many things on the internet, you read something, someone passes it on, and it becomes sort of word of mouth and Chinese whispers and subtle nuances of, you know, um, context get lost. What I would say is um, it's about being your own detective. And I know we look for the quick fixes and I know we look for the overnight, <laughs> you know, out of the box solutions. But when it comes to understanding your body, it, it, it doesn't work like that because we're not so black and white in that way. We're not so, you know, either or. There are grey areas, there are subtle nuances. And it doesn't take long to really understand your your cycle and the and the fluctuations within it. But it does take um, maybe a couple of months, as in a couple of cycles, charting and understanding it. Um, what one of the concerns I have is that, you know, with the information being regurgitated is a those people regurgitating it are not qualified facilitators of that information and un do not stay true to the kind of lineage of that information either. Um, and also that it doesn't advocate for, for difference, for inclusivity. And there is a broad spectrum of what is considered normal when it comes to cycles and what works for one person in one phase will not work for another. And that is due to many factors, personality, for example, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, just the way we're made up, you know, human design, if you're into human design. So there's lots of factors that um, that go to shape that information. Um and what I don't want to do is take people out of the frying pan of of shoulds and shouldn'ts, must nots, do's and don'ts, and put them into the fire of yet another inflexible framework. So, with that said, what I can do is offer <laughs> um, a, a broad framework for people to go away and be their own detective with, and, and and that's really what it's about. So, 
the beginning of the cycle, and this is true for everyone, starts with the first day of your period. And that is not the um, bleeding before, that's the tail end of your last cycle. It is the first day of full bleeding. That is day one of your cycle. This can last from roughly two to seven days. So on average, it's about four to five. Um, mine is three, like, three heavy days and then two days of just spotting so it doesn't two, two to seven days is is normal is what I'm saying so if it is in somewhere in that region then that's fine if it's consistently less or more then you're going to want to ask questions and that's what it's about it's knowing what is normal for you so it's not it's not okay to say a five-day cycle you know five-day um a period and that's another bugbear. Your cycle is not your period. Your cycle is the entirety, the whole thing. And cycles range anywhere from 21 to 35 days. Anything consistently less or consistently more, you're going to want to ask more questions. There are things like PCOS, endometriosis, perimenopause, lots of things that can cause shifts uh, in cycle stress. And that's why if it's consistently more or consistently less, because we might have a very stressful month, one month, and that might send things a little bit wonky. We might be ill. We might be suffering from COVID. All these things, they go to impact how our cycle um, appears. And so when it's consistently more or less, then it's time to ask questions. And always um, feel like you can go to your your doctor or medical practitioner whoever that is don't be afraid to take up space if there is something that you feel concerned about so period blood is really important it's um your period is considered your fifth vital sign of health everything from the color consistency smell duration everything it's really important to um not just flush it down the toilet with complete disregard. <laughs> I like using a moon cup. I find it a really um, nice way to connect to my my bleed. I mean, I'm sorry if that not sorry if it makes anyone uncomfortable. That's just how it is. We need to know all these things. And when I say vital signs, I mean like pulse, <laughs> breath, <laughs> those things. So all of the um, um different different qualities of menstrual blood and menstrual fluid more specifically because it's made up of lots of different things vaginal secretions and bits of the uterine lining that gets shed so i won't go into all of those things right now um i, I can feel myself already wanting to but um i'll keep it short but so that's really important to notice so moving into the next phase is the pre-ovulatory phase um, and this is a, a, a variable length and that depends on your cycle. Um, this is where our energy starts to rise a little bit. So during your period, your hormones are at rock bottom. It's not in your imagination. It's just it's not in your head. It's really happening. It's really in your body. They're at rock bottom. So they're the lowest here. They'll be all month. In the first half of your cycle, you get estrogen. That's your doing energy or the yang energy so it starts to rise here just after your period well just before your period finishes so probably about day five or six in your cycle you'll notice a little upward lift in energy and motivation but it's not there just yet um 
I would say don't go big too big too soon. And I know it's kind of frustrating. We want to get back to that superwoman status that we were just a couple of weeks ago. But when we do, we tend to burn out, we get frustrated. Um, so it's all about gradually rising, gradually rising intensity. And that is in in the gym, in our work lives, in whatever it is. We're gradually um, increasing our tolerance to heavier loads of work exercise weight etc then we rise all the way up to ovulation this is where estrogen peaks um you will feel a little bit more fiery here perhaps and i would say in a balanced cycle so if you've got a quite imbalanced cycle and you're not putting in good cycle self-care this phase might also feel like um i say um being out in the in the midday sun without shelter quite oppressive and that peak of energy can feel very overwhelming so when people are on tiktok and saying oh use your this phase to do this blah 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 and if you're wondering why it doesn't feel good for you it may be that you're uh, estrogen sensitive that time can make you feel really overwhelmed it might be that your cycle is quite imbalanced your inner ecosystem is imbalanced and and so that doesn't feel good so there's lots of reasons why that might not be the case but in a balanced cycle it can feel like a a peak of energy so this is time to sort of take on bigger projects we have a higher tolerance to load here workload <laughs> whatever exercise load we we um rebound quicker so we need to take less rest but the problem here is we do all of the things and then we start to get into the world of people pleasing because we have more energy. We, we want to give it all away. <laughs> so this is time to also make sure that you're you're keeping some reserves back for you. Um, that might also be a time when you notice your libido's on fire. Um, a lot of my clients are like, I know when I am ovulating because I am horny as <laughs> anything. <laughs> Um, and then we move around the cycle. So estrogen drops off after in the second half of your cycle, which um, is about so ovulation is on average around about day 15, give or take five days either side of that. Um, so after that, we move around in the second half of the cycle. We've got progesterone there. Now, your second half of your cycle, the luteal phase has a little bit more set in stone in duration. It will roughly be 10 to 16 days and that will be specific for um, uh, each person. Progesterone is the being or the, the yin energy. So it's different. And I think it gets a really bad rap, the premenstrual phase, which is what it is. Um, we see it as a time where we are more irritable, sharper, less tolerant and that is true we are all those things but those aren't things aren't always a negative so we can use that sharpness to cut through bs we can use that like low tolerance to put in really strong boundaries about what we want what we don't want um, and we can use this time as um it's really good for discerning for life editing for figuring out what you want what you don't want um letting go of things that are no longer serving that kind of vibe and because it's a little bit slower so progesterone supports the uh, rest and digest the parasympathetic nervous system um, and so it means we're naturally more introspective reflective and so it this brings with it uh, more creativity because we're naturally in a time where we can look more inward it's great for journaling um, in business it might be great for like doing your canvas stuff or 
um, batch creating uh, writing if your creativity comes out through writing. Um, and energy slowly wanes here. Now, much like the, the spring energy on the way up, energies on the, sorry, the pre-ovulatory energy, which is also known as inner spring. I didn't get into the seasons, but I just did now. <laughs> uh, ovulation, summer. Um, the premenstrual is autumn. So you can kind of see how like autumn leaves falling, that energy wanes and we become, you know, much like if you've ever gone for a drive on a nice day and you get the nice warmth behind the glass, but you get out of the car and there's this very definite sharpness in the air. That is the premenstrual phase. You know, sunny on the outside, don't mess with me. I'm pretty sharp in the inside. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, our energy wanes with it. And again, we have less tolerance to, to high workload here. So we put in a lot more space for rest. And then it slowly wanes all the way back down to the, um, the end of our cycle. And then we begin again, all over again. So <laughs> back to inner winter, which is the week of menstruation, where it's all about wrapping up, cozy, time for rest. <laughs> I hope that brought a little clarity to the cycle. <laughs> Wow, that was that was such a great explanation of the something that is a natural thing for fifty percent of the population of women. And the thing that I've been thinking about a lot is, you know, as women, we almost have to deny our womanness. Uh, you know, it's I've always had to, you know, it was that time of the month. Um, I tried the the pill when I was a teenager and yeah all those side effects yeah so I just didn't do anything and so I've had my cycle and I never really understood it, it was something that was a pain it was literally a pain it was never a, a an easy cycle for me it was um but I always had to deny it you know you go to work and you you hope you've got enough stuff with you you don't want to be noticed as struggling or waning. And, of course, if you're moody or a little bit short, oh, you sound moody, is it that time of the month for you? You know, comments from, from men. You had to almost justify why you were slower and deny that any of this was happening to you. It, it was all, and it's it's become such a normal thing to deny that we are women you know, we we have these cycles. We get them from, I think, from 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. They start. They're there for a reason. We're given these. We have this period so that we are product, productive. We, we can create. We create another human being in us. And because we have these cycles, this ovulation, the periods, and, and all that, it's it's part of nature. It's part of what we've been given or cursed with. It depends if you are very much into the Bible. Yeah, thanks, Eve, you know, for eating that apple that we get this. Or is it just that we are human and we are women? And this is something that has really, over the last couple of years, really impacted me because I'm now coming to the end of all this. I've had all the joys as a teenager and everything else, and I'm now in perimenopause. So all that understanding my cycle as best as I could and in ways, it all then 
changes when you hit menopause and perimenopause. It then you have a few months when you think, okay, this is now a rhythm. I've got it. And then phew, it changes again. So, uh, yeah, something to look forward to. But the thing is that it's really about understanding and learning about being a woman, being a a mother, being a I'm just trying to think of all the words for for women because you are maiden as uh, as um, if you look within the sort of the druids or the witch or Wiccan, you are maiden. I think woman and then crone or I like I like to say wise woman, not a crone, <laughs> not not such a nice word crone. But we go through these phases. We, we are girls, we are women, and then we are wise women because we've learned. And I think that is really great that you are helping women to really understand what they are going through and just embracing it and saying to, like, your employers or running your own business, you know, this is time for the autumn of my body happening or the spring, so, yes, now I'll do all these projects. Now I'll focus. Okay, now I'm going to rest. Now I'm going to take some time out. And it's it's really interesting that it's taken hundreds of years to finally to say, hey, I'm getting my period. So back off, pal. You know, yeah. my tolerance levels are really short. Talk to me in a couple of weeks and then I'll, I'll, I'll you know, conquer the world. I'll be superwoman again. And it's just embracing that, embracing being a woman without the shame, without the hiding it, without, oh, my God, how am I going to explain that I can't do something because I don't, I don't want to go swimming? That was one thing is, you know, in South Africa, we did swimming at school on a weekly basis. And that was the one time that I could get off swimming was that time of the month. It's you'd go in with a note from your mother and you'd sit back. And then, of course, all the boys were like, oh, is it that time of the month for you? Oh, you know, and they just give you a hard time. So that starts the shame. Well, for me, as a teenager back then, it brings that shame of not being sporty, not, you know, just allowing myself to rest in a way. So I just want to say thank you for sharing all that information yeah. and really bringing it about the estrogen and the the the, the other stuff. Sorry, I can't, can't remember what it, what it is. But one thing that you mentioned in the very beginning, and I might have heard incorrectly, so please do correct me. Is it a Vedic cycle? Is that what you called it? The so the... It Ayurveda has a it has the Ayurvedic cycles lots of different for lots of different things like the the seasons are digestion but one of them um that we looked at was the menstrual cycle so it was the menstrual cycle through the lens of like how, how um Ayurveda the Ayurvedic systems look at it but what I went on to learn what was um slightly different when I in my facilitator training so this seasonal cycle has been um, the uh, Red School, which is where my mentors have been trained from. Um, that kind of a, that thought kind of originated uh, with them. 
Um, so it's a really uh, powerful framework to understand this this seasonal way of of living. And like you were saying, our our blueprint mirrors the great nature all around us. And and you were talking about the archetypes, and actually there's many different frameworks to understand the cycle in and I like to use a seasonal one it's it's pretty inclusive everyone understands I mean dependent on where you are in the world you might not have like winter here is quite different to winter in some other places as is autumn but um you can kind of roughly like get the idea um and but there are other there are other frameworks to understand so one of those is also sort of the archetypes so the the inner spring the pre-ovulatory phase is the maiden that very youthful curious playful energy the ovulation or in a summer is the mother or if you don't resonate with mother i'm not a mother myself um i resonate with the creatrix energy so that's still having that create um ability to create um, or even you can view it as the queen. So I don't know, there's, there's differences. I notice in the in the summer, actually, I pre-ovulation, uh, so just before I ovulate, I have much more of a sort of queen energy. And then after ovulation, it's just a little bit of a softer mother creatrix energy. So it's different and then we move into the autumn and it's the the wild woman or enchantress and I just imagine the wild woman just like unkept hair running through the forest with bare feet tapped into nature doesn't care anymore not bound by social constructs at all just free in the wild um and then yeah in 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 a winter the week of menstruation the crony I it's taken me a while to kind of understand this meaning of prone and it not being like a haggard old woman, but a wise woman. And, and where we have like less sort of energy here, we are so much more inward. Um, and actually there were times in the world when, you know, women were, were revered during the time of their period as an oracle because we're naturally connected to our intuition here a lot more. And so it's a great time for journaling and insights. And I think that's where that wise, you know, crone-like energy comes in. And the the sort of late autumn and, and winter for me really have that witchy woo vibe, which I quite like. So there's many different ways of uh, of understanding um, the cycle um, dependent. It just depends what resonates with you. And this is what I was saying. It's, it's about being your own detective. So it's taking that framework that I've suggested and, and maybe doing a uh, cycle of charting. And I have a free charting tool and workshop for anyone that wants that. I don't know if you want to put that in the show notes. So that it comes with a, a charting uh, tool pen and paper because it has that kinesthetic um connection to what we're doing and it's not you know it's um take reclaiming your agency and not just plugging it into an app and it's a practice that will take three minutes a day and I do it at the end of day and at the top tip I would say get a clipboard when my clients suggested this and I was like that's genius grab a clipboard and a pen print off six months of cycle charts have it by your bed before you go to sleep just do your check-in it takes yeah three minutes just four words maybe that uh, uh you get better adjectives with um cycle tracking that is for sure <laughs> otherwise just tired all right okay nice <laughs> 
and I have to be really creative of like how I'm feeling. So I printed off a list of adjectives, which was, was quite helpful as well. Um, and, and yeah, you do it at the end. And, you know, the, the first cycle, it's like, mm, okay. Second cycle, you may be like, oh, that's interesting. That happened last month. Third cycle, it's like, right, now I start to notice a pattern. Like for me on day five or six, it used to be six or seven, but I'm getting a bit perimenopausal. So it's now day five or six. I'll get a wobble day. A wobble day is a day where you just cry for no apparent reason. Could be a cute animal video. Could be one of those like dogs coming home to like meet his family. No, men coming home to meet their families and the dogs going, you know, those ones. <laughs> the thing, the tearjerker TikToks, they'll just get you and you'll cry for no apparent reason. So that's a day six for me. But then I'll also notice that kind of smooths all out about day um at eight then I'll feel a bit um a plateau on an even keel and then I'll feel a bit of a rise again ovulation's a bit hit and miss I'm like if I put good self-care in previously then ovulation's like ah burst of energy but if I went too big too soon because we're all human and life happens and meetings happen and things happen that we have to do um then I do notice it and it's just like, oh, I'll go maybe put a bit more space in than I might have done otherwise. And then uh, in, in the sort of towards the autumn, I'll notice a definite shift in gear about day 24 for me. And it for me, it feels like, oh, coming back home to my body. Oh, this is wonderful because I really like it because. I am quite happy in the in the limelight, but I definitely have a social battery that runs out and I need to recharge in between social things. I wouldn't say I was introverted, but I do feel more at home in the reflective, ponderous, creative autumn, the wild woman. But then I have a client and she's a Leo and she is just like, give me the limelight all the time. <laughs> and she loves the spring and summer. I feels quite uncomfortable in the autumn because being still and quiet with her thoughts isn't her happy place. So those are the, <laughs> the things that we've been working on. So it's interesting when I've said <clears throat> you have to also look at the subtle nuances of yourself, your personality, what makes you tick as to how that will inform. So it's only after about three months that you can you can start to see these patterns and learn to um, layer on your own personal things. And then it's like then it's like game changing. Now, every time I'm like I'm wobbling and that's OK, it's day whatever, five, six. I know why. Whereas before I would have been like, what is wrong with me? And more importantly, is knowing that uh, gear shift that I feel in autumn is just normal. Because to touch back on uh, your point, Natalie, is we do have this massive expectation on us to keep going, to keep performing, to keep doing. There's a the bar of expectation is high in the world we live in it's about productivity you know and we wear a, a, a exhaustion is worn as a medal of honor and I think it's interesting also to note that the world we live in is built on a linear system it's built to mirror the uh, testosterone cycle so women have a and people with periods have a um, ephradian rhythm so it's 28 days ish um but uh, male body people cycle with the circadian rhythm, which is a 24 hour cycle. 
So what we experience in a month, they do in a day. And essentially, they're doing 28 revolutions to R1, which is why the world feels like it's very a linear stream of energy, because they're rinse and repeat, whereas we're still going through this very slow cycle. So the external world doesn't really give us space to be ourselves. It doesn't like we're like a round peg in a square hole. We fit, but maybe not to our full fullest potential. The world doesn't give us space to be in our way, in in a in a way that that feels right for us, for our energy levels. And so it asks us to push. And this is where that the the problem I think people feel with um the premenstrual phase is oh it's this again. I'm I'm not as good here. And I think that's the mindset. We're not as good. We're not good enough here. But it's not that. It's 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 an acceptance and understanding that it's different. It's not less than. It's still productive. We just have to use it in the right way. Like when I've talked about uh, working with your cycle for business purposes, rather than doing A B C D every day, maybe winter you can do a spring you can do b etc and you can batch do tasks at different times of energy where it feels right you put in your big uh your, your lives and your workshops and course um, well the course launches go on for more than a cycle but you know the heavy load of a, a course launch in, you know when you have the most energy you start to utilize it better and you get you get more boundary that's for sure i am i have boundaries of steel now i that what i will and won't do during different times of my cycle now and i never had that before because i was scared to say but it's non-negotiable for me because i know the alternative it's just me collapsing and becoming a human puddle and you know completely being overcome with emotion and that there's nothing that's worth that to, to, to go through that again so yeah it's about nourishing the inner ecosystem <laughs> I went off a tangent again <laughs> I like that that nourishing the ecosystem so one of the the things that I've been noticing people speaking about a lot is you know menopause is becoming much more spoken spoken about how are you finding because you focusing on on corporates and sharing this information and giving this information to women it's something we should know we should be told by our, our mothers or grandmothers or aunties or you know other women in our lives that this happens this is a process how are you finding the reception of you know talking about periods bleeding i mean as as lenka said this taboo subject it's you know going to work is like hey people i'm bleeding yay you know can you imagine all these you know stoic men going oh, oh my god but the thing is is how are you finding the reception to from women and men you know talking about this and bringing this out of the the darkness and and into the light and sharing this and saying well all your not all, but majority of your women workforce are going through this on a monthly basis. They're just mm -hmm. all at different stages of it. How are you finding, are people open to it or are you finding this quite a a, a battle at the moment? Uh, so mixed. I've had people flat out, like not interested at all and um and I've spoken to um people in HR that have told me they have women clients that 
they know full well will not be interested in this you know it's private it's not to be spoken about etc I'm like okay well <laughs> I definitely try to talk towards more progressive companies I'll, I'll be working with the National Trust next year which is very exciting it's about looking towards companies that are already <laughs> To, to get your foot in the door to get the conversation started it's about looking to the companies that are like ready to have the conversation until we can make this um more mainstream and hopefully not a more of a statutory policy than an optional one until other companies you know feel the pressure more because other companies are implementing it um as we were saying before it's, it's a life cycle and that archetype system that i described the cycle that is how our life goes you know we've got teenage year you know the the menarche the, the inner maiden so the time of your first period then we've got that mother phase the the wild woman that perimenopause and then the crone as you go over into menopause and it, they're not separate from each other you know one of the things I, I love to hear about menopause but one of the things that frustrates me is that well I hear two things either people raving about you know, taking control of menopause, but also at the same time, not really understanding cycles. <laughs> it's, it's, we can, why wait to firefight basically later when we can take preventative action now? And the more we understand our cycles now and the hormonal shifts that we have now, and I am so, so, so grateful that I started when I had a regular cycle and I understood my cycle inside out so that now as I'm hitting perimenopause, I know my symptoms. I know the shifts. I know what's happening. I don't feel wobbled by it. And I have a really strong tracking practice. So I know what's happening. I know if it's a cycle where I've ovulated or not. I know if I'm due to ovulate or not. And I know what's going on. And there's, you can't, you can't pay for that. That's so precious, that understanding about our bodies. So, you know, it's, and now people are talking about menopause in the workplace. I think that gives the perfect entry point that menopause policy in the UK has been around for about three years now. So it does create more scope. People are saying, oh, we've had a talk on menopause. This sounds like the perfect next step. And those are the words I want to be hearing because people are open to having the conversation now. Um, there are lots of considerations to be had and probably more than what we could possibly address on here there are situations, you know, uh, women working um, in um, STEM or manufacturing um, where there's a struggle because to talk about your weaknesses in a, in a, in a male dominated environment isn't always well received. So I'm always uh, pro having a menstrual wellness advocate in the workplace as well. Someone qualified and un, and un that understands and that has the um, position to be able to say, yeah, okay, you go home, work from home, etc. You know, like a mental first, for, mental health first aider, <laughs> the same kind of premise, but for a uh, menstrual wellness advocate. I did really want to coin the term bleed buddy, but um, I just don't know if that will fly. <laughs> and, and I and I don't think people are going to be going into work and saying, I'm on my bleed. But what it does need to be is a top down approach for for there to for employees to know that there is someone that they can go and talk to, that there is the space, that they won't be judged, that there is inclusivity, that they will be cared for, that they will be supported 
And even if that is an awkward conversation for a, for a male boss, then having someone within the business where, okay, this is the person that you go to to have this conversation, they can escalate that for you, do whatever needs to happen, et cetera. And the other thing is, you know, calling a period what it is. I mean, even the word period is a euphemism, but all those words like that time of the month, you know, I've heard all of the things like um, the got the decorators in shark week carry week uh even heard never trust a thing that bleeds for five days and doesn't die (laughs) i I mean all the things and like where they're humorous like (laughs) in a way i think it's also really important to kind of dismantle those and you know call it what it is like my period and i don't think anyone's gonna ever everyone's going to sort of adopt the like I'm menstruating um but yeah at least my periods at the at the bare minimum because it's important that's how we start to dismantle the taboo rather than be like all oh, hush hush about it and shoving tampons up our sleeve and rushing to the toilets like we did when we were at school and silently opening the packet so no one will hear you know this is what we kind of like want to work away from and we also want to get um you know men into the conversation as well so it's important um for them to understand to support their staff to support the 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 people that bleed in their families in their lives so it's something that affects everybody is what i would say (laughs) i'm so happy that we have this opportunity to talk with you because i'm learning so much and i'm sure that our listeners and viewers are learning so much and now they you know they know who you are and where you are and they can reach you and they can learn from you because there is a lot to unpack. There is a lot to unpack for self-employed people, for business owners to figure out how to potentially adapt our businesses, our schedules to our cycles. And there is a lot for people who have them, employees who work with other people to understand how they can support them and understand them and enable them again to do the best work. Because as you said, if we follow all of us this linear kind of like same old every single day kind of a process we're really not tapping into our unique abilities we're not do- being our best we're not doing our best because we're just being forced to fit into a box that just doesn't fit us mm-hmm. there's so much to this conversation that we could talk about you know we could talk about more about the business side of things you could talk more about the impact of nature and the moon and how other things in the world can impact us we could talk more about the impact of stress on our period but i think that we have covered plenty in our time together so i want to say huge thank you Sam, for being here and before we wrap up is there a last tip or insight or something that you really hope you will have a chance to share and we maybe didn't have an opportunity to ask you about it um I think I covered everything I really wanted to say but just to touch on one thing that you did say about the moon we are always cyclical it's our it's our nature it's our cyclical nature and even when we've moved past um having regular periods doesn't mean that we're not cyclical anymore and we can use the moon uh, in a cycle tracking practice because the the new moon the dark moon is most akin to menstruation the um waxing moon is most akin to the pre-ovulatory 
full moon ovulation and waning moon down in the premenstrual so that and when you're going through perimenopause and into like menopause you can use that lunar cycle to keep putting in that self-care those boundaries there's times to push and times to pause because that's really what it is the cycle charting and, and understanding ourselves it is is knowing that exactly that when to push and when to pause and learning how to anticipate what we'll need and when and so knowing that you can use the moon through your perimenopause journey which is just a complete you know that is just a complete crazy journey <laughs> and knowing that you can get to the other side in menopause without a cycle and still continue that cyclical nature that time to push that time to pause that i think is a um, is a reassuring um it's reassuring because i feel like a lot of women feel like without their cycle they'll lose something about themselves but we still have that compass that anchor to ourselves and the moon can give that and that's not a woo-woo thing um you know if you think how our bodies um work with our circadian rhythm cortisol comes up with the sunlight and melatonin are uh, these hormones cortisol and melatonin um sets in with the with the dusk that's what makes us feel sleepy and another subject but that's why we shouldn't have blue light in the evening because that's the thing the blue light triggers the cortisol which helps us get up in the morning so if you think how closely we work on a day-to-day basis with the you know the the dark and the light before we had artificial lights before we had um uh you know our modern world of stressors shall we say we cycled much closer with the moon and that probably would have been more apparent before all of the things that we have now so it isn't a woo-woo thing it's no coincidence that the moon has a 29.5 day cycle which mirrors our own perfectly so i would just say if you don't have a cycle currently now for any reason or you're not going to have one again you still can apply all these things in exactly the same way and keep um on with that good self-care that nourishing your inner ecosystem that's just what i would like to finish with (laughs) so just to include everyone forever (laughs) i love it that you really quickly brought it in and made such a lovely you know addition to really involve anyone and everyone who is you know listening that no matter where on their journey they are uh, to make sure that they can really nourish themselves in this gentle cyclical way so I love that so thank you so much Sam Um, where can people go and find you can can you tell us where online is the best place for our viewers and listeners to go to find you and learn more okay I am on LinkedIn most prevalently I have a, a presence on Instagram but I don't post on there I just have kind of a little static page you'll find all my links um and uh Facebook so I'm Samantha Garson I'm I'm pretty much the only one in the world I think as I found one other (laughs) um but she doesn't have any business pages so if you google Samantha Garson it's pretty much just me (laughs) and then it's my website www.samanthagarson.com so and that will have uh details of all my services and root and rise my yoga membership which is a beautiful way to move your body and keep in flow with your innate cyclical rhythm i love it well you're lucky to have a unique name like that it's awesome and our listeners have it much easier and obviously we will add all the links in the description below 
So thank you so much for being here. And yeah, have a lovely cycle, ladies. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to our conversation, please share it with your friends and colleagues. And don't forget to subscribe. We would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and write a short review.